0: Hello, and welcome to American Riviera Bank's Regional Pulse. This is Michelle Martinich, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer at the bank. Today, I'm excited to have Peter Rubert with me. Peter's a professor of economics at the University of California Santa Barbara, as well as the director of the Economic Forecast Project and associate director of the Laboratory for Aggregate Economics and Finance at UCSB. Wow, Peter, that is a mouthful, and I realize that's a lot of titles, and we say economics, and please don't, please don't tune out, people. I promise Peter is a very exciting, dynamic, and very entertaining speaker, so you're going to love it.
1: Thank you so much, Michelle. Very appreciate it. Thanks. Great to be here. Uh, amid these crazy times but here we are
0: here we are so let's go ahead and start with the economy
1: right so let's go back just a little bit let's go back right before the the Great Recession where our economy here in Santa Barbara and basically n- nationally was doing fantastic um, you know, we were down to about uh, you know three and a half percent unemployment rate here in the county things looked really great hit the Great Recession Unemployment rates spiked up to roughly 10%, 10 and a half percent here in the county, same nationwide, I mean it was pretty much widespread. And then it took us about eight or nine years to get back to about three and a half percent unemployment rate. So it took a long time, which is typical of recessions and recoveries. Now fast forward to the pandemic. Again, we're in October of 2019. There we were at about 3% unemployment rate here in the county. The pandemic comes along and we're shut down. Immediately spikes up to 14, 14.5% in no time. This was just happened so fast, obviously, because of many uh, political decisions to, to shut us down. Um, however, once we o- reopened at some point, it came back down pretty fast, and now it's down about 7.5%. So, in just a few months, it went from 14.5% to 7.5%, which we've never seen before, that's by the way. ever. a roller coaster. Ever. Very big roller coaster. For, that's correct. Um, now, you know, if you look a little bit more at the details, what happened, um, basically, if you look at the unemployment rate, I told you the, the, the standard unemployment rate, you know, around 14%. However, if you look at the unemployment rate of people like in leisure and hospitality sector, that was 40%. Wow. So we know that these things got shut down and shut down hard, and they were hit in different sectors. There are many sectors of the economy that really haven't been touched very much. I mean, Probably, you know, in the banking sector, you guys are doing fantastic we've in terms been, of... Yeah. We've been
0: working more right. than I know. more than we normally do.
1: And if you talk to, you know, title companies, they've never been this busy in 40 years. You look at the stock market, etc. So all these things, except for GameStop, of course, but um, let's yeah. not go there. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> uh, so basically that sector got hit really hard. And the, the worrisome thing to me, and I think to many people, is exactly the fact that those people who could least afford to be laid off were laid off. And these are minimum wage workers, many minorities, et cetera, who, when you, when you look at the data and you look at average hourly earnings in the United States, it's spiked up to the highest it's ever been in terms of year over year growth. And it's not because people made more money, it's because all the people who were making less money were laid off.
0: I know CPAs and bankers, we have a bad rap for being poor tippers, but I have definitely been doing my part to flip that. Right now, because I just, I do, those people are really struggling and um, they're victims of political choices.
1: That's right, that's right. And so if we go back and think about the the pandemic, you know, did we do the right thing? Very hard to know if we did the right thing. There are so many different opinions out there. I can tell you that a lot of economists have been working on this. And the way we start is a little technical thing. It's called the SIR model, which is the standard in epidemiology of Mm -hmm. how you look at the spread of viruses and it was developed back in the 1920s and basically what it does is it's SIR stands for susceptible infected and recovered. Interesting. So you know so we start out in in, you know early 2020 no one's infected everyone's susceptible and no one's recovered then Mm -hmm. some people get infected and then it spreads and the way it spreads obviously is something called the effective uh, uh, transmission rate R they called it which basically says if I'm infected, how many people do I infect? Now, what you need to have is that number less than 1. Oh wow. Because if I infect 2 people, now those 2 people can inf- infect 2 people and that's how it spreads. So the decision was made very early on in in the middle of March to to shut everything down. And that is everything. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of people complained about that. Uh, it's one of these things that we d- really didn't know enough. We had very little information. However, I think you know in hindsight we did the wrong thing uh, and i think that if you look at the people who you know what was the goal well if the goal is to you know flatten the curve as they said the virus spread curve so that our uh, our healthcare system is not overwhelmed well you know we did okay on that however what that did was it made our unemployment insurance overwhelmed <laughs> and by the way i just read a you know a a really bad rap i think from the state auditor's office about the uh, employment development department here in california about how slow they were to get many payments done in the unemployment insurance system well let's go back who was prepared for this pandemic tell me no one no one no one now should we have been prepared well yes now but i'll get to that in a second what it means to be prepared but you know, we had a, a worldwide pandemic in, the, in 1958 and 59. Yeah. It killed over a million people worldwide, killed over 100,000 people in the United States. We had another one in 68 to 70 with three waves in some places, two waves in the United States, um, killed another 100,000 people in the United States. These things aren't rare. They happen. They're going to happen more often probably given the global nature of the our... global our, travel. Of our, of the global travel. Yeah. And by the way, um, in, in 2005, President Bush gave an hour-long talk to the National Institute of Health saying the next big problem we're going to have in our economy is a pandemic. Wow. And he actually set up, I think, something called Influenza.gov or something like that for us to be prepared. President Obama, same speech, how bad a pandemic would be. Interesting. October of 2019, no, September of 2019, the Council of Economic Advisers for President Trump wrote a 40-some page report on the effects of a of a pandemic if it occurred. Oh How many gosh. people would lose their lives? What the unemployment rate would would do? Just a few months before the pandemic. Wow. We were warned. We've been warned. Now, let's go back and think about, suppose we know a pandemic's going to happen every 20 years or every 10 years. What should we do? Well, should hospitals say we're going to have enough room in case a pandemic happens and have half of their hospital vacant for 10 years?
0: Well, the economics of that aren't going to work.
1: The economics of that are not going to work. Should the Employment Development Department have, you know, gotten a supercomputer, hired hundreds of extra people to process these things for 10 years being idle? I think not. And so if you talk to any person in the business community, you know, they don't want to have inventory such that, boy, if a million people do walk in, we'll have goods for them. We'll be ready. We'll be ready. So, you know, I think it's a very bad rap to say that, that people weren't ready. Our government wasn't ready for this. Our supply chain wasn't ready for this. I didn't stock up on enough toilet paper, obviously. You know? so
0: <laughs> I made so, it through somehow, but right. it was tight. It was close.
1: <laughs> I had friends who bought an extra freezer and an extra refrigerator. They bought 50 pounds of flour that came oh with two gosh. pounds of yeast.
0: Oh, my now, gosh. I mean, Right Now so- we did because there was a panic setting in and some of it was to try and control that emotional response. And so e- here at the bank, we finally realized we could just ask our our cleaning company to give us some toilet paper. I'm not really sure anybody wanted to use it because it was the cheap stuff from the right. cleaning company, Right. but it gave a sense of calm. Sure. And there was just so much panic and irrational decisions
1: right. of everything right.
0: that were coming out of that. So it's no, funny how toilet paper was our calming and angst-ridden right. thing. Yeah. I
1: mean... I- I went for like three weeks going to the store to just try to buy some flour, because I like to bake bread. Nope, no flour, no flour anywhere. And, you know, so it's it was, you know, panic mode set in, obviously. Again, were houses ready for this? Some houses are ready for earthquakes here in California. They have some extra supplies. No one was ready for a pandemic. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's very lucky that this particular strain of virus, you know, was able to... Uh, end up with a vaccine in a pretty short amount of time, relatively speaking. So I think that was pretty fabulous, uh, what people did. Um,
0: And the, the preparedness is interesting when I think about education. Right. So I have three kids at every different stage I got a high schooler, a junior high and an elementary and so I'm, I'm watching what's happening there and my high schooler is a senior so I'm paying attention to what's happening at the college level but even locally that that idea of somehow being prepared you saw it in our community where Montecito Union knew how to turn on it they had the tools in place because unfortunately they had had to go to a remote learning environment but yet so they're in school, and and they kind of didn't miss a beat. And the rest of our community is really struggling. we because we aren't prepared. We don't that's have right. the resources to have sitting waiting. We've never had to do it before. We don't know how to do it. No, so that's um,
1: exactly right. I, and I, I think that you know pr- preparedness is one thing, but I think the pandemic has you know has taught us a lot of things, um, basically. And in terms of education, Boy, you know, economists have done so much work on education. I think there are more papers written on the economics of education, human capital acquisition than any other topic. And so, you know, we kind of know a lot about it. We don't necessarily know how to educate people, but, you know, we certainly know the, the, the facts. And so let me now turn to, and, and I think obviously we were right to, 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 to be concerned about, you know, who was going to uh, become infected. If, we, if the goal was to, to reduce deaths, then we did the wrong thing. If we're if we want to reduce deaths, what you tell people is if you're over 65 or 70, stay home. Right. Just stay home. We'll pay you to stay home. We'll we'll hire services to deliver things to your house. That would right. have been a lot cheaper than than having everybody in the economy who is non-essential stay home. That's just that was just a crazy thing. So if the goal was to reduce deaths, that's probably a better way to go. Right. Secondly, I think things could have been done a lot better regionally. I know that, you know, the federally, they said, okay, states have the right to do whatever they want, and then the state says the counties have the right. That was kind of the right thing, because if you look at how this spread, it spread in some places a lot more than others. Correct. Okay, so you didn't have to shut everything down, number one. And and if you're going to do it, you know, I think it was at the bad timing. So what, when I was telling about this, this SIR model, you know, it basically says that at some point, the, the virus is going to peak. And then you... Without a vaccine, all you can rely on is what's called herd immunity, mm-hmm. where enough people get the get the va- get the virus, they become immune to it, and then they can't spread it.
0: But that's a huge number. It's
1: a huge number. It's obviously a huge number. It's like seventy percent or yeah. something like that. It's it's really big. It's not the best way to go if you don't. But it's the only way to go if you don't have a vaccine. Right. Now, so in the short run, I get it. Do I think we made some mistakes? I do. Um, but you know, just like what the government said was you know, we're just going to give everybody a $1,200 check or whatever that number was. And, you know, the EDD also got blamed for like, you know, some people, because you cut some corners, some people got unemployment insurance that maybe shouldn't have. Okay, that's fine. We didn't have the time to sit back and say, to call everybody in the United States, do you really need the $1,200? <laughs> no, just get the money <laughs> out there. The, the government shut us down. So now pay us, right? right. So I think that was, that was fair in some sense. So that's in the short run. Let's talk a little bit about the longer run, especially how are we
0: going to pay all this back?
1: Oh, it's crazy. No, it's it's, and it, it's just not like I said, just not the current stuff. And what you alluded to with the education part, uh, unfortunately, we do know a lot about missing missing schooling and and how if you do miss schooling, how it affects not just your current skill level but your future. Yeah. And so you can earn you know somewhere between two to four percent less um, over your lifetime just just because you missed. 30, 40 days of school. I mean, wow. it's really amazing. Um, and by the way, these studies have been done worldwide. Obviously, we haven't done it during the pandemic, but we did. We have done these studies on things like um, mandatory school closures if there's a flood or there's different right. p- around the world, if there's fires. Um, so we do have a lot of evidence on misschooling. schooling. Now, what you also said earlier was how this is affecting people. And what I worry about is the longer term. So Mm -hmm. right now, roughly 40% of all of the unemployed people have been unemployed for more than 27 weeks. That's a a loss of skill. They may not get back to their same jobs. They don't necessarily have the skills to go to other jobs. That can affect these individuals for a long time.
0: Well, and what will the jobs be? I just think that there's a transformation that was coming, especially on the retail side. And it's like a tidal wave now that... That That's people right. are going to be less inclined. My mom's comfortable shopping on the internet now at Christmas sure. time, and before she would have been needing to go to the store.
1: Right, right. Well, that, was a, that transition was happening slowly. Mm-hmm. But you know, one of the interesting things is, if you go back to 2000, um, the fraction of online sales as of total retail sales was like 1%, wow. okay, in 2000. Do you know what it is today?
0: Oh, gosh, it's got to be huge. No,
1: it actually, is, it's 15%. Oh, Fifteen percent of all sales are, are online. Even this year, e-commerce. Even wow. this year, interesting. Yeah, it, it, it shot up a lot. It went from twelve to sixteen percent during the pandemic, something like that. Not as big as I
0: would have. And guessed. if you think
1: about it, I mean, still a lot of people go to the grocery store. Yeah,
0: that's true. A lot of
1: people go to the gas station. A lot of people do all kinds of things, and so we forget about those kinds of things. Yeah, right. You're right. We, we're thinking about Christmas.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking and, about and, clothes. Right. I'm thinking about yeah.
1: And so that transition's been happening. Um, I, I think that so going back to the to the education part. Uh, it was not uh, homogeneous, the effects across the board, and especially with the with the lower-income individuals who are going to be hurt probably for a long time. And yeah. if you look at the numbers out there, Harvard and the OECD did a study, and they basically saw that, like in Germany, the number of hours of schooling um, per day fell from like 7.2 to 3. Mm-hmm. And in some countries, by more than that. Yeah. And if you look at the increase in gaming and stuff like that <laughs> it's doubled so these kids were not studying you know they were playing these games this is going to affect them for, for a very long time
0: my son is the master of that so he's eighth yep. grade he's an avid reader which most people think isn't that great well the problem is he escapes into the books right and so it's so easy for him to have zoom open so he's logged in, but right. little does the teacher know he's got a side screen open with an electronic book, and he's gone into that fantasy world of that book. He's not paying any attention to what's happening, sure. even though the teacher thinks he's there. He's not really there. Right,
1: logged in, but yeah, that, that's but that's right. Logged out. <laughs> and we we've never experienced this before, where we don't know the effectiveness of online learning. There's no studies on that. We really don't know. So that's that's a big mystery. Again it's going to affect people in lots and lots of different ways. Just not the cognitive skills, but what's, you know, what's called the socio-emotional skills. And you really need these kids to be around each other, to learn how to behave, to learn discipline amongst themselves. And that's a big part of learning. And you know, we forget about that.
0: My older one and I have been joking. I said, okay, when you go to college next year, because we're going to assume you actually get to go to college next year. I said, I think one of two things is going to happen. Either none of you are going to know how to socialize and you're going to be scared of each other, or you guys are going to be so happy to see each other. It's just <laughs> going to be one raging party and right. absolutely nothing academically happening. And I'm not sure which one's better because right. I feel like they need those, soci- those um, they emotional contacts again they and they need to figure out how to talk to human beings again.
1: No doubt about that. And so you know so given that i think we do have a chance right now number one we really have to direct our resources to some of the um lower income areas in our in our environment we need to get internet good internet to them i don't know if you've seen this but like t-mobile's coming out with something you don't have to have cable it's just it's like 50 dollars a month and you get it you know from from their satellites you don't have to have cable and things like that it's not here yet it's in some places it's not here but you know getting those resources to the people who really need them again you mentioned montecito you know, they set up some pods, you know, five families would hire a a teacher, you know, fine. Um, If if you're living in a place where there's, you know, six or seven family members in a small area, very hard to learn, right? There's a lot of tension, hard to learn, but I think what we could think about as well is how do we now move from completely in-person classes to maybe some online? That could work and it could work for people who have a hard time commuting or you know they need their kids to be home because they don't have daycare so one thing we could think about is there are certain teachers probably who are much better teaching online right and there's some teachers who are better in person so that's another avenue where we could go to really think about how to separate you know our teaching community Um, and so i I think there's lots of things we can do Um, it's just a matter of getting the resources to the people who i think really need them
0: yeah and they need to be ready to take action we're we're asking our educational system to be innovative and uh, that can be really tough because it's steeped in so much government and um, many, many years of being run the way it is. And yes, I can see that once again, my son's going to go into high school next year. And I keep thinking he has A's and B's, but it's just because we nag him right. and ride him and make him do it. It's it's I can't really say it's because he's learned right. and the teachers have tried. He's. It doesn't work for him. Of course. So I'm looking at this and going, well, he's going to come in with A's and B's, and they're going to be ready to pick up ninth grade curriculum. But basically, he missed junior high. Right. So you've got to be prepared to teach an honors student who missed seventh and eighth grade. You do. Um, So they, you know, to pause and re-engineer that curriculum. I know we're asking a lot of our systems. We but are.
1: We are. And I can tell you that, you know, it's real funny that a lot of a lot of schools, especially private schools, parents are outraged. It's like. You know, I'm paying you seventy thousand dollars a year, and now you're teaching my kid who's living at home and you're teaching him online, you know, reduce my cost, you know, reduce my my tuition. I can tell you, we spend so much now on resources trying to figure all this stuff out. The university costs are going up a lot because we've ne- we haven't really done this. And so we're having to hire all kinds of new administrators, new tech people, mm-hmm. you know we need new equipment to sort of do this correctly. So you know, just like the businesses in town who, like when they opened State Street to, I mean, to close State Street to cars, and all of a sudden they said, okay, you can have parklets. Well, is that going to be permanent? So now all these businesses came out, they built parklets, they spent thousands and thousands right. of dollars building these parklets. And, you know, one friend of mine who owns a business, he said the new, you know, the, the small business relief package was written very poorly. At least he told me that it's written about gross revenue. And that's how you would get it. If your gross revenue has fallen, then, you know, you're more likely to get the, the relief package. Well, he said his gross revenue is about the same, but his costs have gone up a lot because right. now he has to build a parklet, hire more people, hire cleaning people. Right. Right. So his costs have gone up. So he said, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. Yeah. You know, if this lasts another six months, it's going to be hard for a lot of these businesses. They
0: run on such a small margin. That's right. Many, many businesses Exactly.
1: Do. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I know that. So what do you think? What's your guess? Are the parklets here to stay? Are we going to get part of State Street to stay the way it is?
1: You know, I kind of hope so. It it's, it's feels very kind of European. Right? If there's any place in the world where you should have outdoor dining, it's Santa Barbara, right? for heaven's sakes. If you go to Oslo, Norway, in December, they all have outdoor dining. Oh,
0: that sounds cold. They,
1: it's, <laughs> it's cold, but you know what? Every chair has a blanket sitting on it. Awesome. So people come, they sit outside, there are some heaters. And then they put a blanket on, and they sit outside. It's lovely.
0: Oh, that it's, sounds amazing. It's
1: amazing. And so, you know, again, you know, the parklets, if they knew it was going to be permanent, and the city you know, wanted to figure something else out, it wouldn't look the way it is now, right? We wouldn't have curbs, and we wouldn't have streets like that. I it keep would be thinking much,
0: of Third Street Promenade yeah, in you know, Santa Monica. I,
1: I'm not a big fan of Third Street Promenade, actually, and so I don't want us to call this thing State Street Promenade. I don't like the name Promenade, actually, because it <laughs> reminds me of that. So, you know, Third Street, when it first started, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been there lately. It's terrible. I
0: went this summer, and I agree. There's some different dynamic about yeah. it. It's, yeah, yeah it doesn't feel weird. the same as it, it did 20 years ago.
1: And so what I think we need, and, you know, people have been working on this for years, as you know, but with the with the demise of Macy's on State Street and Nordstrom and Sat, you know, all these different places... You know, m- turning some of that into residential is the way to go, and I, and I think getting some people downtown it mm-hmm. stops this thing from becoming a bad place. Um, so I do think that it would be really nice, to, and I think the city's amenable to it. Yeah. You know, to allowing some residential office space. Um, do I think offices are going away because everyone's going to work remotely? No.
0: No, I can no. tell you we have people that have realized remote is not fun.
1: It's not. It's fun. you got
0: to do it, and it's okay, but it's you miss being around people. You, you miss the the camaraderie of the office right. and the productivity that comes with that and the creativity. I do so. think you I,
1: look. I, I think that's exactly right, and I do think that, um, you know, what you miss is you know, like if I'm walking down the hall and it's like, hey, Michelle, I just you know, I was I'm meaning to talk to you. You know, do you have a minute just quickly in the office, right. you know, and, and we, we kick around some ideas. That doesn't happen on Zoom.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not going
1: to remember, oh, I better Zoom shell real fast. It's yeah. just not going to happen. I'm so, not going
0: to see you when I walk from the kitchen no, to my bathroom. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> and so I, I, I worry that those people who are in the office, uh, who've decided to stay in the office, they might have better opportunities than people who decide to work remotely. And a friend of mine, he works at Spotify in New York, uh, they came out yesterday and said... You can work at home for the rest of your life. We don't care. Oh, my gosh. He went back and worked in the office. He's like, no, we we have a good group. We talk to each other, kick around ideas. Yeah. It doesn't really happen much on Zoom. It doesn't. Uh, no, it doesn't. And, you know, my teaching in Zoom is fine. Um, you know, you can't really wrap people on the back of the head in Zoom, though, very easily. And so, you know, it's a little harder. Uh, but, you know, I think in person... Classes are, are better for, for most students.
0: Are the college kids showing up? I mean, are they more engaged or is it.? Uh, they're about
1: the same. They're yeah. about the same. You know, um, some are sleeping. You know, some have their. You know, at least when I'm in class, I can see them sleeping. Right? <laughs> I mean, here, you know, like you said, they turn off their video and I have no idea if they turn. You know, but. Um, so some are sleeping, some are, are very at- attentive. I tend to find fewer questions. Right. That they're a little more afraid to raise their hand or, or break in. Um, yeah. So you lose that kind of, you know, I, I don't know what it's called really, you know, but this little social environment you can get in it where... It seems
0: like energy. Like, yeah. as, the, as the professor, I especially knowing you, you're going to feed off the energy of the people in That's the room. Right. And all of a sudden you're sitting alone at your desk, staring at a screen. Right. Um, there's, there's energy that lost. There is energy. Lost.
1: And, you know, I actually don't mind when I see students talking to each other in class. You know, most of the time they're probably, you know, like what did he say? What's you know and that's great. I mean they're they're yeah. involved, but you know, when you are just sitting at home they're I don't know, playing with the cat or whatever they do, you know. So <laughs> So I you know, I, I like the I like the environment of of, of in person classes. Um and I think it's especially true for, for younger age kids. I
0: think so um, too. Did enrollment stay? Did you see a lot of students um unenrolled, disenroll? I'm not quite sure what the word yeah. is.
1: No. No. Mm-hmm. Uh In fact, during these times, you you tend to see a a pickup because people are kind of worried about the future more. And, you know, if they're unemployed, it's like, you know, I better get back to school. So I think, I don't know the numbers for like City College and things, but I would be shocked if there weren't more people, you know, enrolling in 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 City College and UCSB.
0: Well, I can tell you, as you probably saw, I was paying close attention to the application statistics for UCs and they were through the roof, roof. every single one of the UCs. Yes, yes. Um, No, it's crazy. So that's going to be an interesting...
1: It is. It is so, cycle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I think during times of recessions, especially kind of longer term recessions, you know, you do see a spike up in in people going back to school.
0: Yeah. Re educate. prepare. Yeah. What else, Peter? Anything else you want to share with us before we uh, go back out there and take care of our restaurants and our servers and our Yeah.
1: I just I just think that you know we have to be patient. Um, you know, we've gone this far. Um, you know, we have roughly 450,000 deaths in the United States. So I think, you know, especially for the older people, um, the vaccine's right around the corner. Stay home, stay safe, you know, keep social distancing. Um, It's not that much longer before everyone will be vaccinated. So I just think right now is kind of a, you know, a good time to do that. And I think we have to free up the businesses a little bit and realize, by the way, like some universities, you know, when they said we're going to be in person, like North University of North Carolina did this a lot, uh, like six months ago. They are like, okay, we're going to be in person. Uh, turns out that, okay, all the students come back, and guess what? They had a spike up in infections. That's going to happen. It's
0: going to happen. Right?
1: And it's going to happen. And so we have to, and, and I'm not saying we're trading off lives for the economy. That's not at all what the issue is. You know, I think that's kind of a false um, pretense. So I do think that, you know, We have to allow people to socially distance we have to let businesses make sure um, that they are helping people do that and so if businesses are doing that i would be happy to go to a a restaurant if i felt safe correct and so the restaurant has every incentive to to make it sure that i'm safe Um, so i I, you know i don't want to see long-term unemployment anymore i i I think that's going to be very hurtful Mm -hmm. and by the way i've told our public health department i know you're looking at covid uh, uh, illnesses and covid deaths but during this time period, when people are unemployed this long and getting depressed, there's opioid uh, problems, there's alcoholism, there's child abuse, domestic mm-hmm. abuse. Those things also have to be tracked, and yeah. you know we have to care about that as well. So, you know, it's it's a big issue. Uh, you know, there's no real silver bullet out there that is going to fix everything overnight. Uh, but I think we do have to maintain some social distancing, wear masks, even though I hate it. Um, your glasses fog up. I know. Yes, yes,
0: <laughs> yes. Somebody needs to. There's an entrepreneurial something there that somebody needs to find that hack for us. Or
1: maybe people are going to be like, "Well, if this is six more months, I am going to get contacts from now on." Oh, there you, know? you <laughs> go. There <laughs> you go. Maybe it's time to just so buy contact the sales are going to go up. Yeah, or
0: know. the the laser surgery, right? That's right. Suddenly, yep, all of the yep. the eye surgeons are going to be that's right. The new or little fans
1: that go blow down on your glasses. <laughs> oh, there or something. you go. There you
0: go. For those of you <laughs> listening, that's your idea right there. A little that's fan right. on the sunglasses <laughs> or on the glasses. Well, thank you so much, Peter. We really appreciate your time today Um, and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us if you'd like to learn more about the economic forecast project you can visit their website at are you ready it's a bunch of letters efp.ucsb.edu and peter thank you for those um informational sessions you've been scheduling with public health with dr fitzgibbon and the rest of her team those have i've been participating in those and those have been those really great. good so i would encourage all of you to check those out too um uh, you gather guys together, are so great, great no they're
1: so great you know von dorinoso De... De... you know lynn they're just amazing and i can tell you and i told when i said thanks to them over the last thing you know they're working 16 hours a day seven days a week So much. and you know she's she's emailing me at like you know 11:15 p.m and i said you know Vine, go to sleep and she's like Al- almost done just another 45 minutes of email. but I can't I've like, got an idea I've got something else I, I can make a so difference I, with so you know we really have to give some thanks to to, to our healthcare system and yes. you know they're, they're just doing great and don't blame them they're not the ones not having the vaccine believe yeah. me if they had it you know they would give it they would come to your house believe me so
0: making the best choice they can with the information That's right. they they can right That's and right. all we can do is learn and um exactly. like you said there's going to be a next time so let's learn yep. and let's do better next time um, nobody likes to think about that but like you said history says um, and travel says
1: right great so, well thanks so much
0: thank you peter if you'd like to learn more about American Riviera Bank you could visit us at www.americanriviera.bank thanks again for listening